I want to welcome today my wonderful wife, Miss Amy. Would you please give it up? <laughs> she's, she's nervous. She came. She's like, please don't make me talk. We all know we need to hear her talk today. Somebody say, talk, Miss Amy. Y'all ladies need to hear her. <laughs> She'd rather be with the kids. I, I come in, she's just busy out of the front. She's meeting people, greeting people, talking to people, doing all that stuff. She's finding friends and visitors and new people, and I'm back there trying to get ready to preach. So we'll see how this goes. How much are you going to say? Not much. Not much. <laughs> Join me over here, Miss Amy. Amy, I want you to do me a favor, really, though, for real. I want you to, to start. We're going to go into a couple things, but I want you one of the things that I told them I wanted to say, I, I think we all need to say is the value of church, the value of a church, even like this one. Now, I thank God for other churches. I'm not somebody else's pastor. I'm this church's pastor. I'm going to toot my own horn. I love this church. I love this church. I love what God's doing at this church. The people, y'all are wonderful. Tell us the value. Um, I think that's important. In fact, when, when we were dating, I was looking for someone in the church. That's, that was what I wanted. I, I didn't date outside the church. I wanted um, a, a godly man, a man who was in church. And of course, he was there all the time. And what's great is we started as friends. But, but even today, just watching the families in our church. And of course, I, I teach the kids across the street all the time. And I miss them this morning. But um, the, just when the whole family comes to church, I just think it's I think it's the best way. I think it's great that the, the kids get to see mom and dad in church serving God and um, praying and raising their hands and reading their Bible. And I just, I think being in church together is a, is a, uh, a great foundation for, for marriage. I want you to know, one of the cores of my life, the moment we started having children, Amy will tell you the truth. I watched great men of God who kept their children in church. And I, and I think... It was, it was my heart's desire that I, I don't want to live this life without taking them to the next one. That's right. I want me, I want my wife, and I want my three kids. I want their kids in the future. I want to be there with my parents in the place that they told me about all my life. That's right. Which is to be in heaven. And if I failed in that area, that's right. I probably created the worst failure in my life. And that's okay. God forgives us. You might say, well, my kids aren't in the house of the Lord. We're believing they're going to be. We're believing they're going to be. Amen. Someone that used to go to church here, she told me, she said, Amy, the only thing you get to take to heaven, you don't get to take your cars, your house, your your money. The only thing you can take are, you know, those who are saved is your family. And I'll say this to every parent, and you know, uh, you've heard it 23 years now, that, that it's been my goal. Every preacher that I talk to is, how did you keep your family in church? Evangelist, how did you keep your family in church? How do I keep my family in church? They all said the same thing. Number one, keep them in church. That's right. Number two, keep them active in church. I don't let my children have a bad attitude. If you look, my son's working across the street. My daughter's working across the street with the kids. That's right. My other son's up here with his camera running in, in our face <laughs> with it. Amen. <laughs> and, and they don't have a choice. Now, when they leave my house, they're going to have a choice. And, and, and I can't do anything about that. I have to come to the point as an adult where they get to drive their own car and I have to take my hands off the wheels. You've done that, some of you already, but right now while they're in my house and while I have authority over them and I have, I'm going to make sure that they are in the house of God, hearing the word of God, and, and there's no substitute for it, no substitute for the house of God, no matter whether it's sports or anything else. We have done everything in our power. There's been a Sunday or two we've missed in two, three years. Brian playing football has been, you know, I mean, 
It, it happens. You, you, but we've stretched ourselves. That's right. That I left, I left in, we left Atlanta, Georgia for one of the largest quarterback camps in the nation on a Sunday and told the coaches we'll have to be leaving to come back to be at church on Sunday morning because church was more important. That's right. If they don't go to heaven and they played in a Super Bowl, I failed. That's right. That's right. Am I right or am I wrong? That's right. That's right. And the Bible says train up a child in the way he should go. So we're just counting on the fact we train him, we raise him here. Fill fill him in. Uh, Listen, okay. Amy, I got something here. I thought this was tremendous. Now you tell me what you think about it. There are two main reasons marriages end, two. Number one, the couple was incompatible to begin with and should have never gotten married. Yeah. You'd agree with that? Yeah, yeah. The second reason is they had everything to make it work, but they failed at putting the marriage first. And they gave examples. I ended because they cheated. Translation, they didn't put the marriage first. They gambled away all my money. Translation, they didn't put the marriage first. They focused on the kids, their career, and the points of obsession in their life. I felt lonely. Translation, they didn't put the marriage first. Right. Do you agree with that? Yes. Talk to me. Well, those of you who aren't married, I think um, before you get married, you know, make sure it's, it's the right one, you know. I, um, some people in the church, um, I've already, I've told them that, you know, make sure you check everything, bank accounts, records, you know, no, you know, like he was telling our story of when he showed me all his stuff. And um, I think it's important. You, you, you need to know Creflo Dollar. We normally show that video where he says, you got to know, I need to know. And that's just, it's just great. You need to know all that because it's never, it's never too late. And you, you know, their pastor Steve always says there's worse things than being single. So I, I agree with that first statement for sure. You know, sometimes you know, you got to marry the right one. All right, we're going on 25 years, right? Yes. Okay. In 25 years, do you know me? Yes. I think so. (laughs) (laughs) Really? (laughs) I mean, I mean, the truth is we constantly change, don't we? Human beings. There are things that we do know but we have to be able to adjust that friendship that we had. We had friendship a long time before. I mean, we knew each other, I mean, uh, a long time before we got married. Right. Um, you saw me with other girls. You saw me in other relationships. There were people who talked about me. Yes. Yes. I was that <laughs> rabid dog out there chasing every woman in town guy. Yes. Right. And of I course, mean, you know, and then when you're in love with somebody, or, you know, that that beginning feeling that, you know, you don't want to hear somebody say something negative, you know, you want to kind of tune that out, but, uh, you need to hear that, especially from those who are close to you, who know you and, um, maybe are giving you some good advice. I believe there's a gauntlet you ought to go through. I believe that there's a series of things you ought to be, to have to endure. Again, this is back to knowing somebody and making decisions. Amy knew a lot of things before we got married. I was honest, truthful. I didn't hide anything from her. And if she rejected me, it was better for both of us. Would you agree with that? But once she knew, she, she could not refuse what she already knew. She had to live with the fact that Jesus had to change me. <laughs> and just even with the previous dad, I, was, I knew all that. I knew what was coming, so I didn't complain. It wasn't, that did not become an argument when we first got married because I knew, knew what I was getting into. She knew. 
And 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 you know, we're, I'm sure it was hard for you, right, to, oh, to share that. You it know? was, but I, I'm, but it's wrong for us to live in deception. Right. I had a guy in here that was extremely rich. He owned an insurance company. He was extremely, extremely wealthy. And uh, in that wealthy position, he had millions of dollars, and he met a girl in a strip club. She was a pole dancer. He was about 80. She was 30-something. True story. I just, I mean, and, and so I had to counsel these people, and I brought them into my office. And so we needed to be honest. And so I tried to explain to her that she was his... He, he wasn't marrying her <laughs> for her education. <laughs> I mean, he wants you beside him. He wants to walk around with you, and he wants people to see this, you know, this girl, that he, this trophy wife that he had. Do you understand that's what you are? That was extremely difficult, and nobody, they didn't want to agree with it, remember? Right. It's like, I'm a, but you understand that, right? And then I was explaining to him, now, when you marry him, he's like 80, which means in a few years, he's either going to be dead or you're going to be pushing him around in a wheelchair or something. Seriously. I mean, you know, I mean, let's be honest about it. I would, that may not happen, but it sure could. You might be sitting beside a bed for a year with somebody with a tube. You understand? I mean, we want to, but they don't, of course, that, that's, then when we got to the other side of it, what are you marrying him for? Well, you're marrying him because he's rich. No, 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 that's not why. You remember that? And, and, and I told her, I said, here's what's going to happen. He already, this rich, he's already dedicated his money to his children. It's in some form of investment somewhere, and he has a will made out, and, and you're not going to get that money. You're not going to get that money. You're marrying him, and what you get is what you're going to get right now. And I asked him, is that true? No. <laughs> Now, the, the, the problem was everything that I told them was exactly true, exactly came to pass, and I would get those phone calls afterwards. He already gave all of his money away. Didn't I tell you that? Folks, we need to be truthful and honest, and when you are not, it will expose you. And problems come when we lie to somebody, and they don't want to see it. And you know it. Folks, tell the truth. Be open, honest, right, Amy? Right. Um, you know, so, so the marriage has to be first. Right. We've been through a lot. Right. Been down the roads, 25 years. That's why I told them, I don't know, it really, you know, when I think about marriage, I don't feel like I know that much. I don't feel like there's such a thing as an expert on marriage. No. Do you? Mm-mm. Do you feel like an expert? We've, we've continued to, to communicate. Would you right. agree with that? Right. We've continued to modify. Right. Um. I wrote a couple things down. Be open and rid yourself of private, non-mutual things, especially social media. Do you think they should have private lives? No. And we've talked to people before that have separate checking accounts. We just believe that should be one account because then it just creates secrets. We are against secrets. Right. We're against the secret idea having, you know, listen, if there's a... (laughs) I get a lot. If there's a way out, if you talk about divorce and you express it as a position you could have, you probably will. Right. Wouldn't you agree with that? Right. And if you keep fooling around with friends from the fifth grade on Facebook and talking to old girlfriends because they're just friends, 
Don't do it. Well, I love to hear that. I love it. Oh, I have to have my friends. Mm. I've got friends. Amy, how many friends do we really? I mean, just, I mean, we have family friends. Right. Steve and Sherry are friends. Pastor Reggie influences in our life. But do you have a bunch of girls you hang out with? No. No. I hang out with you. She don't have girl night. I mean, are there places that I go I don't invite you other than with Pastor Reggie or, I mean, I mean, if we have mutual openness about us, I don't have positions of life other than work that I withhold from you. I don't have objectives to secure that you're not part of. And if I eliminated you from those things, they are exclusive to me and they allow for the opportunity. Right. That's right. I'm preaching now. Somebody ought to shout out, praise God. Preach it, Pastor Steve. <laughs> Preach it, Pastor. I know y'all don't want to hear this, especially men. Don't get mad at me, men, but y'all got these private phones. You know, I, look, my wife's purse is private. I don't touch. Does anybody understand? Y'all might have different, but that, purse, that, per, that purse belongs to mom. <laughs> but she don't have anything there in that purse I don't know about. Right, that's right. Do you understand? There's an openness to it. We don't do private things. You were born, every person in this room was born with an, uh, there is a gift that you don't have to get married, but overall we're born to be married. Born for the companionship. When people die or they lose a spouse, usually they're not interested in getting married again. What they're interested in, what I find out is, is they're interested in the companionship. I don't want to go to my house alone anymore. I don't want to eat a dinner by myself at the restaurant. I want to have someone I can have companionship, usually, of the, again, of the opposite sex. We need that companionship. If you isolate yourself, you have no companionship, how do you succeed? Right. Well, that's where the church comes into play, right? Yes. You can have friends and develop relationships here. Um, another one. Before marriage, be willing to know each other. Right. Know the person you're going to marry and form a friendship. you agree that's with right. that? Because we were best friends before we got... Best friends. Like I said, we were originally friends. She was a little younger than me. And then, and then we... Some, I had a girl that I was dating that, that, that was not very nice to Amy. And we became enemies. <laughs> and then we became friends again. Yes. <laughs> um, but friendship, would you agree that's potentially the exposing of things? I deal with people and I talk to them and say, do you realize what's going to happen... We only had two things that, that was exposed to us. We went to a marriage counselor uh, before and we, we recommend get, that premarital counseling. Get premarital counseling, real premarital counseling. Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to ask 30 questions and so on and so forth. If you've got to get hurried and get married, I can marry you today. <laughs> but I think you should, you know. But they gave us two things. They said that we'd have problems with mom and dad mm-hmm. and family. And money. And money. Mm-hmm. Were they right? They were right. You want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Because there are people, I, listen, there are people in this room that are struggling with mom. And those are things that the, our counselor gave us that information, but didn't, didn't, I guess we didn't go any further. We, you know, you just think, oh, it'll all work out. But I mean, we, those were arguments at the beginning. We should have talked about how to handle money. Should have talked way ahead of time. It should have been exposed. We should have dealt budgeting. with it, with, you know, and we just, again, tried to refuse it as if it wasn't true. But once we got married, family became probably our, I would say, biggest problem. Wouldn't you agree? Right. I mean, it was really a massive problem. If you're sitting in this room and you're thinking, you know, the best part about this is that family is not the longest-term problem. 
eventually it erodes. Your children leave. Uh, family, you know, passes or whatever. I lost my mom and my dad. That, I mean, when they're gone, you don't argue about them anymore. That's true. If you're in those kinds of situations, you have to mediate those things properly with the knowledge they're not a forever thing. You've got to be at peace with it. You can't hate each other because you hate her mother. I mean, and, and you can't make him feel always exposed because there's a problem between him and, and, and your mother. You know, that, that, that his mother's causing you grief. I mean, it is his mother. Right. What, do you want to isolate him completely from his family and tell him he can never have his mother anymore if he has you? Let me tell you something. Before you ever existed, the 32 years before you got married, he had a mother. Right. And you can't eliminate mom she was there 32 years. She helped him become who he is. She paid for debts that you didn't pay. She watched him in high school. She, right. she raised him when, she was, when, when they were babies. She fed him and wiped their behind. Who were you 32 years ago? And now you want to act like, well, you, can, you just got to forget his mother. No, we've got to negotiate a term that allows for mom to be a part of our life in some way. And you don't, listen, fellas, you don't, your mom, she don't have to be with your mom. She don't have to, listen, if, she, if, if you and your mother are hanging out, did you always want to go with me? To be with your mom? With my no, mom. No, that, hmm? those are some of the things we wish we would have We know. wish we'd have known. Yeah. You know, the, <laughs> it was okay for him to go hang out with his mom by you himself. Go be with your mom. Right. I always thought she had to be there. I mean, these are things you have to learn along the way. And I, I just thought I'd throw that in there because I know there are people that deal with family relationships. You know, I mean, and, and, and family, self-preservation has to be your number one goal. There was a time in our life when we had a condition in our life with a family member that we had to choose self-preservation. The church had to remain. We had to be safe. We had to be, you know, feel like that we weren't always being threatened. You have to do some self-preservation. All right, be willing to hear both positive and negative reactions and let your relationship be tested ahead of marriage. Yes. You agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, be real about issues ahead of marriage and in marriage. Be real that they're there and choose love and respect. Yes, and that's the book you recommend. I do. He, I, I'm, as, for me, I, this is a more of a guidebook, Love and Respect, and we have it out there if you'd like to, and he uses this a lot in his counseling. But for me as a woman, I enjoyed this one um, by Dr. Harley, His Needs, Her Needs. And he has a couple books out there on our table. But this was a real easy read, and um, I thought it's just, I, I like to read, and I, you know, it just, just to make things better, right? I think it's always good to try, like even Marlene was saying that, just you just keep making things better. One of the things that I think you and I do, uh, uh, I mean, uh, we don't have, often have fights like we used to. When we first got right. married, there were a lot of fights. Right. Um, but as we've gotten further along, we've been a, a, able to compromise. We found out, number one, it's usually some stress outside of a marriage. You know, the church causes stress, Somebody ha something happens at the church and we get frustrated and sometimes because we can't yell at y'all, we yell at each other. <laughs> That's really the truth. It's really true. You know, and so we have, to, we have to recognize, wait a minute, this is what's going on at the church. This is a family issue. But, but what we've come to realize is that everything doesn't have to be solved at one time. Right. I mean, when we have an argument, do you feel like that we have to solve the problem right then? Well, see, I'm the one that walks away, I guess. <laughs> He's the one that'll table this table it and wait till later. So I've had to learn to do that. Okay, we'll just wait till later. Talking communication, just so everybody, I think about, you know, I'm a kind of a one-track guy, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, so, but I can think on nine levels. Yeah. So I'm thinking about Sumter Church and 
Columbia and staff and all this stuff. So I'm thinking on that level. Then she wants to come in and have a conversation. She'll come in. You know, something happened, something. I have to. I have to, I have to <laughs> Does any do men know what I'm like talking that? about? Any of you men know what I'm talking about? Years ago, it became a fight. We'd fight over it. But you don't want to talk. I don't understand. You can't turn TV off. I mean, the football game's not more important than me. Every man knows when it's on. Now, I, I, I act differently, right? I say, I say, oh. <laughs> hold on. I'm not with you right now. <laughs> I, I, my brain's not there. G- give me a minute. Just give me a minute. And let me catch up with you. Isn't this true? I have to tell you, ho, 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 I, I want to talk. <laughs> what I found, this works, right? Because communication works. And she'll shelve it, which I love that. She doesn't get mad anymore. She's a little puffy because she's got something to talk about, and it's now. <laughs> Women want to talk now. Yeah. Do y'all want to agree with that? Now. I got an issue. It's a now issue. We need to talk about it now. Now, for men, it's like, we can talk about that later. Would you agree, men? Later. We can deal with that. Everything is later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me finish this game, and then we can talk after the game. That's later, see? But I've realized that I've got to compromise between the now and the later. And if I can tell her, wait a minute, it, there's one more quarter here. I need to see this shot. If you don't mind, can I watch this shot? And let me put it on pause, and then we can talk about it. It really works, doesn't it? I think if we would just learn to compromise more. Yes. That's what you and I have learned to do, is be more compromising. That, I would agree with that, yeah. Go ahead and share a little bit, sweetie. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, well, we've had to compromise. You know, Miss Marlene's a wonderful cook. I am not. So um, just growing up in a single home, my mom was always working just, you know, she didn't get to teach me and, you know, you just survive on sandwiches and hot dogs. And so that's, you know, it's been an area that he has been willing to compromise and he's teaching all of our children, (laughs) except Brian, they're all learning how to cook. So that's, you know, you just pick your battles. You just pick your battles. All right. Let me, there's 12 characteristics of a successful marriage. Okay. Um, Number one. They sit and resolve issues together. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Any yes. comments on that one? Um, Healthy discussions, listening to each other's points of view and characteristics are part of successful marriages. Right. Number two, they support each other. Right. Do you feel supported? Yes. You do. Praise <laughs> you God. Feel I feel supported. Okay. Couples in a successful marriage motivate each other and work together towards achieving other goals. I mean, Amy and I have different, I guess, vision is something crucial. Mm-hmm. We have vision. Right. We have vision together. It doesn't matter where you work. It doesn't matter if you can have a vision together. We have a vision for our children, vision for the church, vision for our house, vision for, for you know, what, and supporting each other's vision. The Bible says with, that, with dreams and visions. We have dreams. She has dreams for the kids. She has, you know, so we get involved in each other's dreams and visions, and you need to find out what they are. What is your future plan? And I'm not talking about that you, you want to go to the moon in a rocket. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, um, the, the, the simple stuff. I, I want to get my closet fixed. Can we fix my closet this year? I want, I want to have an outdoor kitchen, you know? I mean, there, there are things that are visionary, and we need to have vision. Without a vision, the Bible says, the people perish. The people perish. Um, number three, they know what they want in the future. 
I mean, and this is not, you know, like dreamy stuff. I'm not talking about dreamy stuff. I said, what do we want in our future? What's our future together? The other day, I mean, I were in the car thinking about our kids, and we've always put money away for them for college and all this stuff, and we were just thinking about our, you know, our future plans. What? And Amy looked over me and said, what if both of us died in this car today? Now, that's a terrible thing. We don't believe that's going to happen, but what if it happened? Did we, do we have a plan for that moment? And I think these are things we all ought to think about. Amen? Amen. Know the future. Have a plan for the future. You know, I mean, Amy and I remodeled houses at one time, and we, you know, I mean, do we want to do that again? Will we, will we ever remodel a house again? I mean, we were really good at it. We were. Made a lot of money doing it. I mean, so I don't know. Uh, there's a strong foundation of trust. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy, I, I guess there are, there are those in the room that never had problems with the marriage. There are others in this room that have had affairs. Do you have any comments on any of that? How do you rebuild that trust? How do we... I think she would just shoot me. I think that's the way she would trust me again. (laughs) That's a tough one. But trust is crucial, isn't it? You have to find methods of trust. I think when I bring people in and they've had issues in the marriage, I talk about groveling. (laughs) I talk about begging. I talk about... Because there is a cash register-like type situation where you have to ring up a certain amount of money in terms of giveaway of time, talent, resources. Men just want to come in if they've made a mistake and just want their wife to come. I'm done. We finished it. Forget it. Women can't forget it, men. You've embarrassed them, hurt them, crushed them, dissolved them, done all those things, and it's not going to go away. You have to continue to work to resolve the problem. Would you agree with that? Yeah. you have any comments on it at all? There's a book out there. There's a book out there, she said. Best friends first, we said that. Number six, uh, they compromise for one another. It's about making each other happy and respecting each other's needs. Only when we compromise do we lift the burden and force success. They respect each other. I think that's crucial. We need to respect each other. Successful marriages, respect is a must. Spouses who respect each other's opinions and decisions are more likely to be happy in their marriage. Equality is one of the keys to respecting your spouse. And when you treat your spouse equally and make them an equal part of your decisions, you both respect each other more. Respecting your spouse is one of the essential traits of a happy couple. Um, In terms of uh, respect, um, I think uh, equally the value, because function is different, isn't it? Yes. You and I do not have the same function. Right. But we do have the exact same value. I want to say with my kids, we do not, we don't agree on everything with our kids. I'm much more lenient than my wife is with my kids. She wants to take away their phone every hour. It it works. (laughs) And I find the, the place where they should be able to use it. And we'll take it away when necessary type thing. Um. I respect her opinion. My kids are not in that fight. I don't know if anybody understands what I'm saying. We're not, we're not fighting with them over the phone. They don't ever know that we're fighting with them. The decision, they know without doubt that if mom says it, that's it. And the only one negotiating with her will be me. (laughs) Does that make sense? There can be negotiation, but it ain't with you. 
we're, right. we're equally involved here. Right. And that's what I'd say about that. Um, forgiving each other. Spouses are bound to make mistakes in a marriage. How many of you know that's true? How many know we make mistakes? Some mistakes can be small, like not spending enough time giving uh, difference to priorities and so forth. Many mistakes can be big, such as cheating on your spouse. As human beings, we are bound to make mistakes. Sometimes one of the spouses makes a big mistake, and it's on the other one to decide what to do about it. At that point of time, you have a choice. You can forgive and end, or end the marriage. Couples who have forgiven their partners and given them another chance are proven to be happier in their marriage. Forgiveness is crucial, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's vital. Number nine, they always keep the spark going. Number 10, they grow together. Number 11, persistence and commitment. And number 12, we appreciate each other. Once you know something, I greatly appreciate Amy McCart. Would you give it up for her one more time? <laughs>